Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. This is episode 233. A quick review. Remember episodes 231, 232, and now 233 are part of a unit we're showing that God had chosen to rule the world through his divine council. And the members of the divine council were called sons of God. And we looked at several scriptures like Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82, Sirach 17. And we saw that particularly in Psalm 82, as well as from Daniel chapter 10, that members of the divine council rebelled. The ones who were ruling the pagan nations of the world, causing them to be in darkness, uh, basically unsettling the entire earth, these rebellious angels are being replaced. And that's what this episode is about, the new divine council, the replacement council. And this is something that should interest you quite a bit. I suggest you fasten your seatbelt and let me just read a very common passage of Scripture from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, starting in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy and out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Now, this really needs a focus, and it's simple to comprehend in one way and almost impossible to comprehend in another way. It says that he made us alive together with Christ. Now, Christ right now, we saw this from Daniel chapter 7, is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, enthroned as king of this world. Okay, he's He's seated on a throne, and there is a joining between ourselves and Christ that exceeds anything that I can conceive of, but we are joined with Christ, and so it says in a past tense, he has raised us up with him. Well, he is raised to the right hand of God. He is raised to the throne of God, and he is sitting on the throne of God, and then Ephesians 6 says, and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ. This isn't something to be. This is something that is right now. We don't hear much about it, but I, I dare say we could hear about this a hundred times and perhaps apart from a gift of the Holy Spirit just opening our eyes, we're not going to see this. Here's another scripture for this in case 
you think, ah, that's out of context or something. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, past tense, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If we've been raised with Christ, where's Christ? Seated on a throne at the right hand of God. Now, you might saying, no, Steve, um, you know, I'm about to mow the lawn or I'm doing the dishes or I have to get ready for work and I think you've lost your mind. Well, if that's the case, so is the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 1003. Quote, united with Christ by baptism, believers already truly participate in the heavenly life of the risen Christ. But this life remains hidden with Christ in God. It's invisible, but it's real. It's very, very, very real. The Father, and this is from the Catechism, the Father has already raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, people think, well, you know, go to heaven, float around in a cloud. Well, that's not the way the future is going to be. The reality of the resurrected life begins now, not when you die or not at the second coming of Christ. It begins begins now, it becomes visible at the second coming of Christ. So you can go through your life numb to who you are in Christ, completely numb to the fact that God is replacing you, uh, excuse me, replacing the members of the divine council with you, you, the ones to rule the nations. And you think, no, wait, come on. All right, let's just just remember, what was the name of the members of God's divine council? Job 1.6, Deuteronomy 32, Psalm 82, the members of the divine council were called sons of God, okay? So let's see if there's anything that the New Testament says about this present reality, that the catechism says it's something that has already occurred, okay, along with Ephesians, Colossians. Here's Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, okay, do you have the Holy Spirit? You've been baptized in Christ? Are you led by the Spirit of God? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship, sonship, sons of God. That's why we cry, Abba, Father. And it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. goes on in Romans chapter 8 and verse 19, and if you're all at all sensitive to creation, what some might worship as nature. Well, guess what nature is doing right now? St. Paul says, the creation waits with eager longing. This is like sticking your, your, your head and your neck forward like you're running a 100-meter race and you're just trying to reach over the finish line. The cr- creation waits with eager longing for the 
revealing of the sons of God. Same chapter, St. Paul says you are sons of God, but at some point, at the second coming, it will be revealed, it will be made, made visible that who we are as sons of God. Now, you're going to wait till the second coming to figure out who you are, or you're going to start praying to God to start opening your eyes to see who you are. It says in Romans 9.26, this isn't a little hidden thing in the New Testament. In the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, okay, in other words, <laughs> we were in bad shape, we were lost, they will be called sons of the living God. Galatians 3, verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. This isn't just some nice little religious metaphor. It's trying to describe who you are. 1 John chapter 3, the first letter of John, see what love the Father has given us. Remember, we were in sin. We were deserving eternal punishment. We didn't have anything lovely about us and yet see what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are, present tense, unmistakable, so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. You don't know Christ, you're not going to have a clue about what it means to be a child of God. It says in verse 2 of 1 John 3, Beloved, we are God's children now, now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, I don't know. This should take your breath away if you're getting just a pinch of what I'm trying to convey. All right, let's scoot to the end of time, the book of Revelation, chapter 19, starting in verse 15. Christ comes at the second coming, and from his mouth issues a sharp sword with which to smite the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, absolute sovereignty. And on his robe and on his thigh is a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay? That's Jesus, Revelation 19, second coming, ruling the world with a rod of iron, okay? Now, let's go to one of the seven letters to the Catholic churches in Asia Minor. Revelation 2, verses 26 and 27. He who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, I will give him power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, even as I myself have received power from my Father. We are going to be the replacement divine counsel, and it's present. Now we are the sons of God. You think it's no big deal to pray for America? Believe me, the whole future of the world depends on the divine counsel because this is the way God has 
chosen to rule the world, and yet we don't even know the great dignity bestowed on us, that the way he rules the world, he's going to allow us to rule with him. We are now seated with him in the heavenly places. We're joined with him. We have that ability to petition the great God as members of the divine council, and yet who are we? Who are we? Uh, I find Christianity boring. Well, if you find it boring, I'm sorry, but you're clueless what it means to be a child of God in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to share with you how I started coming across this truth that really exceeds comprehension, but I personally got my first glimpse of it by reading a book called Paralandra, which is the second of the three volumes in C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy, and followed that by a few decades of scripture reading. And um, it's still something that is just almost beyond comprehension, but I can assure you it is utterly true. And the course of this world right now, um, it's not politics, it's not debates on Facebook, it's prayer. It's prayer, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's other powers still roaming around. They've been loosed for a little season. We have the power in Christ that exceeds our imagination. That's why we want to uh, go through the scriptures in episodes 231 to 233, as well as the two Daniel episodes, and learn how to use our subordinate kingship in spiritual warfare in the 21st century. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 233 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.